Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Well, of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them, stupid? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Now, I wouldn't be telling Sunranto listeners to bet with them if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing if you're going to bet this football season or the rest of this baseball season. Bet with my bookie. Did you know that you can bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is garbage, you can always just take the other side. And if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little but win a lot, who, who doesn't like to win a lot? Try the parlay. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year, except for baseball season, which is almost over for the Cubs. So join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old-style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento and the lovable Lucy. Boutros Golly. Sunrento. Michael. Sunrento. Cotton. Sunrento and the lovable Lucy. Michael Cotton. The Sunranto Show is brought to you by all of our Patreon subscribers. You can get early and ad-free listening today if you visit us at patreon.com slash sunranto. Join now, patreon.com slash sunranto. Ron Santo! <laughs> oh, wait, no, sorry. We got to start again. That is not the name of this show. Why, why did you do it backwards, Michael Cotton? Oh, because, because it's a because uh, we live in backwards landia where the Cubs can't win at home. No, no, no. It's because the Cubs both literally and figuratively had their legs taken out from underneath them this uh, weekend. It was my second guess. <laughs> so, so yeah. So welcome to the show, Michael. And uh, once again on the show, I'm so excited he's back. Creepy crawlies hiding from under the rocks and creepy crawlies living in a tree. Crawley back on the show. How you guys doing? <laughs> uh, I've been better, I can tell you that. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? I am relieved. I'm done. I don't have to worry about this fucking team anymore. I can just be happy. I can just, you know what? Maybe they'll win a few of these next few games. I'll enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch the Bears tonight, and uh, uh, they're winning. probably not going to be any good either, but I'm done. You're- I just don't. I, there's no stress 
when it comes to being thinking done, about the yeah. Cubs anymore. Yeah, it's, I mean, you got, yeah, I guess we got that going for us. We don't have to fucking worry about trying to get into the playoffs because th- that seems to be off. Unless, I mean, barring yeah, a miracle. You, you can spend the next week, you know, just down in the dumps and upset because they just didn't get it done. Or you can just be like, oh, good. I'm off till March. See, that, that's hard for me, I guess, because I've already paid for my postseason tickets. Well, you, um, you get the money back, right? I, what I do is I roll it into next year's um, next year's. Uh, uh, oh, so what you're tickets. saying is prior to 2015, you had like four billion dollars into there. <laughs> no, they only <laughs> publish it if they're close. And then uh, if, if they're close at a certain point, then you got to put your deposit down for postseason. And so I have a bunch of tickets on my phone, electric tickets that are uh, that, that can I, they, see, I can't put them in a drawer with my 2004 playoff tickets either. Oh man, yeah, because it's just you can screenshot them and print them. How yeah, exciting I, I is that? that. <laughs> well, I mean, no, but Crawley, how how are you feeling? I mean, I, were you at the game yesterday? I I did not make it. I didn't think they were going to play it. I was up in Wisconsin. I said they're not going to get this one in because you you've been there before where they open the gates, get a bunch of beer money from you, and then all of a sudden cancel the game. No, oh, yeah, I was I was uh, expecting it. it. Started raining right as the game started. I was just so, like perfect. I just thought no way they're going to make it in. I would have liked to have been there. I always like going to the last game, but I just didn't feel like it was worth the drive in. Well, it certainly wasn't, depending on how that uh, how you uh, view an exciting baseball game, which it but, was. But you you know, and Danny, just talking about it, how you know, it's like going down to the stadium and always being so close and always having one more trip to go to. I thought. Even at the very least, you know, let me give you a number here. Last time I was at Wrigley was September 16th. That was social media night. Right. That's the last time we won a game. That (laughs) night, the Cubs' odds of getting into the playoffs were 76.7%. In one week today, we're at 2.2%. Well, that's what happens when you lose six straight games, (laughs) you know. And, uh, you know, I I think we're all looking for – you know, excuses, and I think we have all offseason to talk about them. I mean, you know, the, it, it's, the, the team is riddled with excuses, whether you say injuries or you want to blame the front office for not doing anything in the offseason or if you want to blame uh, Juliana Zobrist or, you know, there's lots of reasons, or lack of a closer, getting Kimbrell in the middle. Like, there's all sorts of reasons we can, but, like, we can blame them for. But I think the two big things, like, record-wise, that I've, was looking at today and just kind of what hit me. We went 35 and 35 versus the NL central, which you can't do and win the central. (laughs) Yeah. You gotta, you gotta win your division to win your division. I mean, I don't know if that's news to anybody, but that's how it works. I'm sure there are ways to back in without doing it. I'm sure there are. It's right. But then you end up, like we are right now and you lose by just a few games uh you can take a look at a couple other things uh number one 31 and 44 on away games oh yeah away yeah away games i was gonna say that too and i mean you you got to be at least what did they say do good at home 500 on the road and you'll be fine but you know they, they weren't anywhere near 500 Right, and then the other thing that you kind of take a look at for me is the one-run games. Oh yeah, and I wrote down those numbers too. Did you do you have them as well? Yeah, I got them as well. So you're talking about nineteen and twenty-seven yeah. one-run games. Yeah, and it really shows. And uh, the, Milwaukee, on the converse, is twenty-seven and sixteen in one-run 
baseball games. So, which is why they are where they're at, and they have a negative run differential. Correct. Amazing. I don't even know if there's. I mean, maybe a wild card team has had a negative run differential, but this is not very common. And you know, I think the other thing that you know Milwaukee did was also be able to beat the division as well. You know, right? In, and and when you talk Central. about that run differential, think about this: in the last ten games, the last homestand, the Cubs outscored their opponents seventy-four to forty-three, and they went four and six. Yeah, I mean, because you got that that crazy pirate series from. I mean, <laughs> the the homestand got off to such a great start. I mean, if you go back to they sweep Pittsburgh, put up nearly fifty runs, then they come out swinging against Cincinnati, and then it just dis a fucking peered. And you know, I don't. It's kind of epic. Yeah, like, what did you say, Crawley? Seventy five down to two. Yep, one week. Yeah, so I mean, that's hard to do. I mean, talk about the ball not bouncing your way. Like any, and then the one-run game thing, uh, it was Jesse Rogers, I believe, that tweeted out. I, I have it down here. Uh, that uh, oh, He got it from Elias or Elias. The Cubs are the second team in MLB history to be swept in a four-game series at home, losing each game by one run. The previous instance was 100 years ago when the Red Sox were swept in four straight games at Fenway by the Indians. <laughs> I mean, 100 years and only two teams ever. Like, this is an epic, historic collapse. And I got to bring it back to 1969 nostalgia. There you go. You know, like I said, in, in, the, in what, 30 years, are we going to be sitting around at CubsCon waiting for uh, Addison Russell and Craig, Krimble, Craig Kimbrell and those guys <laughs> to come out? To do the big reunion? Well, we got yeah. we got Craig no, for because two more the, years because so. they ended up in third place just in their division. <laughs> They're yeah. not a second place wonderkin team like that one was. Yeah, and the expectations were super high, and but the collapse, you know, happened around the same. I'm in fact didn't the I believe the the '69 uh, Cubs ended up like nine games out or something like that at the end. Yeah, yeah. They, they got blown by by the Mets. I think it was eight games, yeah, for sure. Eight, nine games. So uh, before we get into the rest of the show, I do want to announce to everybody uh, or remind everybody that the Bleacher Bum Band, boy, this is going to be a fun event. <laughs> At the G-Man Tavern Bloggers Forum, I guess we're going to be wrapping up the, the season. We got Ryan Tomor. I don't know how to really say his name. I got to ask him before we go out there. I think it's Thomor. Um He's from Cubs Insider. Corey Friedman from the Cubs Related Podcast. Sarah Sanchez from BCB and Cup of Cubby Blue. And Crawley, you're coming too, right? I am making every effort to get down there. Yeah, baby. I was almost going to ask you to host it. You'd be <laughs> a great host. You know, we should we should think about doing that. You should host these things, and I'll just record them and then go play rack and roll. There you go, But man. So, yeah, I, actually, me and Bleacher Jeff were talking about it. You know, there's still a week of Cubs baseball to go. You know, a week of Cubs baseball is better than no week of Cubs baseball. I'm still going to watch all these games. There's two. There's three outside the Ivy shows left. You know, I, I still want to talk about this team. I think it's going to be an interesting end of the season. I think it's going to be an interesting offseason. I think maybe we'll have more to talk about this offseason than we did last offseason when we all had to, we had to talk about was Brad Brock and Daniel Descalso. Which yeah, is, I mean, the only thing we talked about, we went deep into the 40-man roster to players nobody'd ever heard of. Yeah. And now we've heard of them. So and um 
right. All of them have shown up at some point this season. Yeah. Season, All, like. Most of them for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Most of them for the wrong reasons and for very brief amounts of time. So it's some of them. You know, I forgot uh, that we had Carlos Gonzalez on this team. Uh, yes, Cargo. Cargo yeah, yeah. That was a three week. Uh, same as he was in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, um, we, Michael, we saw him uh, give a big uh, tip of the hat out in that series in Colorado. He got a nice ovation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, 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 he got a chance to return to Colorado wearing a different uniform and, uh, and not play well. I, it was, yeah, that was a, that was a sad little stretch. Well, right people there. were hopeful. I mean, that he was the poor man's Nick Castellanos and thank God they got him. Otherwise we would have been out of this a long time ago. Um, yeah. So, uh, can, and I know he's your blows cause I looked ahead, you know, um, but uh, we got to talk a little bit about Craig Kimbrell and you know, the, well, blues- I didn't say anything in the blows except for he sucks and I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not like it's it's not like you're stepping all over anything I was about to say. Right, if we're right. gonna well, actually I'll, talk I'll, about either the way, either way, I'll I'll, I'll play the sound effect. I mean, boy, did this guy fucking suck this week. Um, that was rough. I mean, you know, you get the guy in the middle of the year, uh, which I guess. Seems to me to be maybe an ill-advised thing to do when the guy doesn't ramp up with the team, have a spring training, you know, you know, get on the same page as your roster, get clicking with the team. But you know, I think all of us might have a little bit of fear that you know because of the getting injured right away a few times that we're looking at another Brandon Morrow situation, and we don't know. But either way, I was pretty disheartened to what to see the Cub fans booing him. I mean, I'm just of the opinion, and this is just my opinion. I got in fights with people on Twitter about this, and also a lot of likes on this tweet about don't boo your own players, basically is what I said. We don't need you. Like, what what a shitty fan you are for booing your own player. Um, you know, I just don't think it's helpful in any way. Like, I remember when Carlos Marmel got booed and John Lester got booed this year. I, I yelled about that, too. I just think it sucks. And I think you're a shitty fan if you boo. It's not like they're trying to fucking suck. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I mean, the back-to-back homers that Kimbrel threw, 97 out of the zone up, and a 96 up just barely on the line in the zone. Those are two pitches that just shouldn't be able to be hit out. I mean, you can't usually catch up to the high fastball like that and not just kind of fly out or whatever. Right. Especially the guys that, you know, older guy like uh, Yachty, you don't expect Yachty to be able to turn on that at his advanced age. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was obviously expecting it. Um, they yeah. Were- there had to have been something else because they both jumped right on it. But the pitch itself, I went back, I rewatched it a number of times. I'm just like, it's not a bad pitch. Right. I mean, it's just, I couldn't. I couldn't believe that they hit it out. Well, and let's not forget that he lost Thursday, ultimately, by giving up the the home run to Carpenter in the 10th. So it was, you know, he had really uh, two horrible innings or, or, I mean, in tight games, which, you know, maybe you can blame. To be fair, he didn't get through two innings, did he? Uh, No, I I don't think he I don't think he ever got six outs. (laughs) 
<laughs> he never got the opportunity. Yeah, I'm trying to see if he did. Uh, no, he got. He did not. Well, the game ended on the Carpenter home run, so that so no outs there, and then uh, he got pulled, I think, for Pedro Strope. Well, it didn't end on the Carpenter run. Yeah, it didn't. End. No, yeah, it no, didn't no. end. But yeah, but no, he. But his performance did because he, <laughs> yeah. he only went point two, um, and then he did actually finish the the inning that he sucked so bad and gave up the two home runs. But you know what, Carl, you go to a lot of ball games. I know you've heard Cup fans boo. I just want I'm curious about your opinion. I mean, I'm an anti-booing guy. Honestly, uh, I, I don't. I don't think it helps anything. And if you if you watch enough games and enough uh, post conferences. No one feels worse than these guys when that happens. I mean, I've, I've heard people boo Pedro Strope, who really has been one of the best relievers. I'm not even kidding in Cubs history. Uh, it just doesn't do anything for me. I don't, I, you know, I can get frustrated. I can roll my eyes. I don't boo. I, I just don't think it's worth it. Yeah, I yeah, actually, you, you boo the umps. You boo umpires. You boo the other team. You boo yeah. lack of hustle. And, uh, I mean, that's kind of my opinion about it. And I... You know, I was kind of going back and forth if I wanted to bother uh, John Baker about this. But, you know, being and just I wanted a player's perspective on it. So I did end up texting him. And um, this is what he texted me back. I, I said, I got a question. How do players feel about getting booed by their own fans? And he said, probably hurts more than anything else they encounter. You expect to get booed on the road. It's, it's acceptable to boo home players based on lack of hustle or clear lack of motivation, but the outcome is so fickle in baseball. That's his, that's his take on it. And that's exactly right. And think about all the people that booed you Darvish last year, and, and now all of a sudden they're ewing him instead of booing him, which is what Darvish said he wanted to do. But this was a guy last year and you, even yesterday with him slamming his cleats in the locker, like this is a guy that wants to win. This is a guy that cares. Nobody, you know, like John was saying, you know, there's a difference between lack of hustle or lack of motivation or not caring. A lot of what you saw this year, I keep, I kept seeing different uh, tweets and stuff. Oh, this team doesn't care. Bullshit. This team cared a lot. They pressed almost to a point that I think it affected them negatively. Oh, Uh, no, I think that the whole offseason, October starts in March, all this bullshit with that sort of pressure being put on by the ownership and, you know, well, yeah, the, ownership the front, front office, office and management, yeah. they were all on board with this sort of thing. I think that hurt them early in the year and it just wore them out by the end of the year. I agree a hundred percent. You're talking about number one, you went in with Joe Madden being a lame duck manager. Uh, you had the front office talking about, you know, October begins in March, but apparently that didn't apply to Theo or Jed somehow. And you're looking at, and John Lester even said at the beginning of the season, they were pressing. And yeah, I did think it kind of warmed down. Joe Madden created a culture, whether you like him or not, or like his bullpen moves or whatever, the culture that created was play your best game every day, try to win two out of three, the meatloaf, all that stuff, and, and things will work itself out. And you went from that to that's not good enough. Okay, well now the pressure's on. To, you know, try to save Joe's job. Everybody's pressing, and it just you saw the results. Yeah, and and also I think a lack of depth and personnel, just you know, just from the roster standpoint too. It, you know, they kind of, you know, when Rickett said they ran out of money, I mean, he was yeah, you know, being a it was a joke, of course, and uh, but not really a joke because this is what happened. But they were at the highest end of their payroll, top three payroll in baseball, or maybe even number two. I don't even know. 
All the young players got expect, uh, expensive. We all expected that. And, you know, they couldn't really make any big, splashy moves like a Bryce Harper or anything without going over that luxury tax thing, which they set as an obvious salary cap, you know? And so, I mean, and so you've got the same guys out there, and they didn't trade anybody. They didn't switch up personnel. You know, you know they could have... I mean, there's a lot they could have done in the offseason to shake it up. Like, oh, let's go with Caratini, trade Contreras, get some of this, get some of that. You know, let's get a different kind of bat. There's, you know, there was no diversity in the offense. Like, they just didn't do anything to, I guess, to improve I guess, this team, which, while well, the rest of the Central improved. Well, I guess when I hear that, here's what makes me nervous, is that if you know you have a limited amount of resources – at that point, I get nervous about hand, uh, handing uh, Cole Hamels $20 million. Mm. I'm not saying that, like, uh, last year he was great, good good run, everything went great. But if you don't have that much money and you have other pressing needs, that's a lot to put into one player that's an aging player, aging veteran. Yeah, the, and the thing is, that was a team option. They could have denied it and then still signed him for less if he really wanted to be a part of the team. You know, like they just didn't have to go the full twenty million, except for that was just the easiest way to do it. And then the, what I look at more than anything is Theo twice decided he didn't want DJ Lemayhu, not once but twice. First time threw him in for the Ian Stewart trade, which was one of an all-time classic trade there. Yep, and, and then, then he, and then said he felt terrible about that trade because Lemayhu turned out very good. And now he was here this year. He was available. All it would have cost was money, and I don't think he would have cost $20 million. I got to check on what his contract was with the Yankees this year. But there you had a second baseman and a leadoff hitter. How badly would, would oh, the God. Cubs have benefited from that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's exactly what we haven't had for the last three years as they just kind of regress and regress and regress. I mean, it, you know. From the NLCS in 2017 down to what happened last year and the the one-run debacles, and then this year they're not even going to play an extra game. You've sat there and you've watched. We've had, since Dexter Fowler, count the amount of leadoff men that we've had and what a disaster it's been for the team. Yeah, and, and that's what it is. And every guy that's been up there, you know, has been a total black hole. You know, they poor Jason Hayward just he was having a great year and then they put him up there and it just he he was good for a week and then wow. The only right. good one was Rizzo. And, and that's that's not what you expect to have as your leadoff hitter, let's be honest. Yeah. Can we talk about Anthony Rizzo real quick though? Because I know he's your rakes, right? So oh, Ray, oh, Danny, why don't why don't you just <laughs> Why don't we just do the fucking breaks and flakes and then all this shit comes up. But I, you have other things on here that we can talk about. Yeah, but I, I want to talk about Anthony Rizzo because he <laughs> okay. he was and, and I'll let you do the rakes, too. I'll let you say the whole thing you wrote out. But I but how about that coming back? Miraculously, it's like he went back to Mr. Miyagi, like back in the in the dojo, and he and he, you know, rubbed his hands together and put him on his ankle, and he went out there and did the crane kick. But also, they did not win a single game since he came back. <laughs> so but that nor, was, nor did but he kick that crane. was not his fault. No, he did everything he could have. I could not believe Friday or uh, Thursday when I turned on the game. And it was right before he hit the home run. Like, I see him coming out to bat, and I'm like, wait, what am I looking at? 
you know, like, because I didn't watch the first part of the game. I was gone. I come home. I turn it on as soon as I get in. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. I was just super confused. And then he hit a freaking home run. I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. What's going on? I had to go through switch through Twitter and all this stuff. I'm like, is his leg okay? And it clearly was not. Yeah, but. it clearly was not. But still heroic to come back and try to help your team win because they needed him in there. Here, here's the thing about this Cardinals series. Going back, and I, you don't realize how ridiculous this series was, how good a series it was for the Cubs, unless you watch the condensed games back to back to back, and you're like, oh, my God. Every fucking thing that could go well for the Cubs went well. Like, great things happened in this series. Like, amazing things were going on. And yet they lost every game by one run because they just could not lock it down. And it was it, – it's ridiculous. I was watching it today just to remember everything that was going on. And I'm just – I I got done with all four of them, and I'm like, I can't believe that they didn't win a single one of those games. And I think if you were just a baseball fan, an objective baseball fan, didn't have your heart on any of the teams, didn't have a dog in the race – I mean, they were they were exciting games, you know. Oh, they, lot, they were they were great games. No, and, nothing was ever decided before the ninth. And the only thing is, for Cub fans, it was like uh, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, where they pull the guy's heart out and show it to him. I mean, Kalima, was- Kalima. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. <laughs> oh God, it really was. Um, so yeah, tell us about Rizzo's rakes. Tell us about his numbers, just specifically. Okay. Well, yeah. So first off, he, he just returning way earlier than anybody thought he could, uh, you know, because we thought he was done till next spring, right? No, I mean I, I don't even he, think he should be back in the playoffs. No, I, I, I thought he might come back this week sometime. I thought a playoffs is what I was looking for. I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't think he'd be back at all. Uh, but he hit a dong in his first game and went seven for fourteen with a walk. And only three strikeouts. He put up a 13-19 OPS for this weekend, which is a great week. And uh, he has a 931 OPS for the year. He has been nothing short of great this year, but he'll probably never run or walk properly again. Oh, you want to go right into it? I haven't worried about flakes since my grunge days. Remember them? I'm going off the board of this one, and I'm giving the flakes to the Cubs training staff for allowing Anthony Rizzo to play in these games. Look, it's ridiculous to let a guy who got hurt play in meaningless games. And honestly, these were meaningless games because nobody thinks even if they get in, that they'll do anything in the postseason, right? So they, well, they can't just give up, though. Oh, my God. But, okay, first game, he comes in. Great. Spark the team. Sure. They lose. Okay. Now the second game, eh, we're getting into a little, you know, it's a little less positive. They lose that one. Third and fourth games, he should have not even been in Chicago. They they should have sent him home to Florida. Like, it's just, there was no point in him being out there in games. Like, after they lost their first two, the, the season was over regardless of whether it's possible or not, the season was over after those two games. 
they were not going to catch the Cardinals. Well, now Baez is going to come back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, it, yeah, and then that's the other thing. They put they, him out there. He took an at-bat. Like, okay, if you're going to have him run, sure, that's one thing. But they gave him an at-bat. He's got a broken thumb. It's just stupid. You know, and then. He struck uh, out, too. He struck out in that at-bat. On three yeah, pitches, okay. I think, right? Right, of course he did. And even if he did hit it, is he going to have enough power with a fractured thumb to really drive a homer or drive it without really hurting himself? I don't know. Javi can do anything. He he really can. But, you know, and then, there, you know, this training staff is so fucking terrible at their go- job. Rizzo, with his limping ass, was out there helping Bryant walk back after he twisted his ankle. Dude, you got one guy that can't walk carrying another guy who can't walk? I, I did think about that as I watched like, it happen, yeah. What in the... Dude, <laughs> nobody with two good legs is available at all. Anywhere. Plus, <laughs> they allowed Russell back out on the field when he got busted up and clearly had a concussion. Plus, they do not understand the 10-day Illinois. And throwing well, they, from they flat ground is now synonymous with, we have no fucking clue what's going on. What, when what? I'm at work... And somebody says, hey, how's that project going? I look right at him and I say, I'm throwing from flat ground. <laughs> what, I don't think Russell got in any of these games, though. No, no but no, what, but what Michael's saying, talking about is in Milwaukee. And I was at that game in Milwaukee. He Russell got hit in the face. drilled in his face. He almost, his nose caught it and almost hit his orbital bone. And when that happened and he went down, and I got pictures of it I haven't put up yet. But I have pictures of him. He is dazed. He doesn't even know where the hell he is. They're running. People are running. They're grabbing, like, towels for him and all this shit. Wow. And then they left him in the game. And then he steals second. Uh, and then he came around. I can't remember exactly, but he's running the bait pass like a madman when it looked like he, sh- he it was clear he shouldn't have been in the game. No, he, he should not have been in the game. And then he's been in the concussion protocol ever since. And, you know, it's like you, but you put him back in. It, it was clear that he should not be back into that game. But yep. that's what I'm saying. This, so look, all the problems that this team has, the first people fired should be the training staff. Gone. Gone. They have I, I, been terrible for years now. I'm going to agree 100% on that. And, and this 10 day IL thing is not new. It's, uh, I think we saw it in 17 with Zobris's wrist. Uh, you saw it with Brian's shoulder and his knee this year. It's you it Rizzo with his back. I think they went eight days without using a roster spot for him. Well, we I mean, lost Javi, too. Javi, uh, with his thumb, they didn't get an MRI for a week. Yeah, for a week. Yeah, and he was playing during that time. I mean, you know? it, yeah, it, he it, was in the, in the lineup. It's piss poor. Yeah, and then, uh, no, we lost. Uh, what was that player we lost to the Padres? Because Jason Hayward cut his thumb open and they wouldn't put him on the IL. We lose a roster spot because somebody came back. We Chris Coglin. No, it wasn't <laughs> Coglin. Uh, oh, it was. It was, uh, it was the poor man's Chris Coglin. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. But he went to the. He he ended up going to the Padres because they had to DFA him in order to make room because they never put uh, Hayward on the IL. And then when they did. It was two days after they put him on the 10-day IL and they could have saved that dude's job with the Cubs. Matt, like it was Matt Caesar. Matt Caesar. Yes, that's who I'm talking about. 
I mean, yep. that's how badly they managed just the IL. Yeah, and K- and KB going down too. I mean, that just put the cherry on top of this freaking weekend when I, like he slips on the base. The base was, and I guess I didn't really see the play except for like live from the bleachers. But it, people said that he really rolled his ankle too, just like Rizzo. Yeah, he 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 rolled his ankle, and then they're worried because he's got a bad knee too. You know, and then I mean, I will tell you this: Chris Bryant went out spectacularly, right? Like. He, the way that he hit and then stepped and then bounced and jumped, like, it was crazy looking. Yeah, he looked like Superman. Um, so, uh, I guess, uh, you, might as well keep going, you know. Let's talk about him. Uh, you man. know what, this has been going on for a while, but I'm giving it to you, Darvish, again. I don't know that I've ever given throws to one player for this many episodes in a row. But he has been amazing in the second half of this season. You went into the All-Star break at a 5.01 ERA. And now at the end of the year, he has dropped that by an entire run to 3.98. He went into the ninth on Sunday, and it didn't go well. But he definitely pitched great right up to that point. And we all know why he went in ninth, right? Because there's no Kimbrel. Joe doesn't really know what to do in that spot. And he's like, yeah, fine. You know, give the guy a shot at it. So I think, I think for Joe, it was damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know what I mean? Who are you going to give the ball to that isn't going to somehow screw it up? And you, Darvish, went out there, got the first out, and then the second batter ends up uh, hitting one that Elmora had started in on, and then it got past him. Yeah, the, the juiced ball just never came down. You know, just kept carrying that was and he, pretty disappointing because he got leather on it, and I felt like – and they had just put him in there for defense too. Like yeah, Hayward he was a, out there the whole damn terrible game. terrible read on that ball. Yeah, he, he – you know, they're always saying how great of a jump Elmore gets. He got a shit one on that one. Yeah. He moved now, late. He moved late. Right. And it, so, that, so that was frustrating, but I, I don't know that I can – so, like, you really can't put that on you for that inning – he gave up the one long ball, I think, right then, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he might – if Kimbrell was the closer that they needed or anybody was, he would not have gone out there again probably. So, um, you know, but, you know, I don't want to leave this on a bad note, but in use last three games, he's gone from 14 strikeouts to 13 strikeouts <laughs> to 12 strikeouts – which definitely means he's getting worse, and he'll probably not ever be on this list ever again. I mean, so. what, if you're going to take some positives out of this season, that the fact that the U Darvish contract might actually work out is, is really nice. You know what I mean? Like, next year, he's your ace. I don't, you know, we'll have all offseason talk about how the Cubs will fill out their rotation, but if you got Darvish and basically Hendricks, who had great years, um, for the most part, Hendricks, you know, a couple of inconsistencies, but right. a couple of real gems, you know, for him too this and, year. And Quintana sh- keeps showing flashes, so he's a serviceable three or four. Yeah, but he- let's let, let's break this down a little bit. The two guys that really carried you the second half were Quintana and Darvish, and then Quintana, the last three starts didn't get out of what the fourth inning. Yeah, and, yeah, and that hurt really it, bad. Those first two games, he had some really bad fielding 
you know, kind of driving that a little bit. But yeah, he kind of fell off in these last few. And yeah. once you had that, I mean, Lester, it looks like Father Time caught up with Lester. It looks like with Hamels that he never came back off that injury. And I want to say that Hendricks had those funky home road splits, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's great at home, not so great on the road. Um, yeah, so- right. I, but again, here's Hamels didn't really get right. You know, we're looking at the training staff. Yeah, it didn't get right. And, and also the, the fact that, you know, getting back to what Crawley said earlier about when they gave him that $20 million right away, you know, that kind of shut the purse strings for anything else that could happen except for a bunch of, like, reclamation TJ product projects like Tony Barnett, who went MIA in the middle of the year. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, was that even a smart move? I mean, I was against it, I believe, at the time. You were against it. I was okay with it because I felt like Hamels was going to be good. And up until he got hurt, he was the best pitcher on this team. You were right until you were wrong. I was right until the baseball gods punched him in the side. Ruined his oblique muscle, oblique, whatever it is. Yeah, and um, we kind of already did blows because you said Kimbrel. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I like yeah, what you wrote about it, though, and I've got something to say about it. Yeah, I just went into the woods and I tracked down a praying mantis and I crushed that stupid fucking bug just out of spite because of how Kimbrel pitched this weekend. Dead mantis. <laughs> My Dead mantis. So just to kind of give you guys some math real quick here, DJ LeMayhew this year is making $12 million. Adam Adovino, who has absolutely smoked the ball for the Angels. Yeah, we wanted him. Oh, that, we wanted Ottavino. So that was nine million dollars. So if you went twelve and nine, that would have been twenty-one million. Basically, what you paid for Cole Hamels, half a season of Cole Hamels, you could have had a leadoff hitter, a second baseman, more depth on your team, and a stud guy at the end of the rotation. <laughs> yeah, he he Ottavino oh, could have probably stepped into the closer role. Yeah, this none of this makes me feel better. <laughs> uh, and again, twenty-eight blown saves. Oh yeah, huge. Yeah, and the yeah, one-run game at. thing is is a lot of that. You know, also we got walked off on quite a bit. Uh, I, my cousin texted me after Kimbrel gave up those two home runs. He said, "I think it's time for him to change his pre-pitch stance. When pitching well, looks unique. When getting hammered, looks stupid." It must have been that Little League World Series when all the kids were mocking his uh, delivery. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Uh, I've, always, I've always thought those things look stupid. All these guys that have, like, some weird thing that they do prior to the pitch. Um, I mean, I think uh, what, C-Shack has a weird sort of stance. Um, yeah. Who is the dude many years ago, but he'd be, he would just be standing there he was kind of a heavy dude. He had a big mustache, and he would turn and look like really mean at the batter. Rod Beck? Eh, maybe. I don't know. Like He'd just be standing there looking maybe at his glove or whatever, and then all of a sudden he'd just turn his head real quick and stare daggers into the, you know, right at the plate. And he was hmm. crazy looking, too. Looked like an idiot. <laughs> I hate all those stupid things. I like him. Nah, Dumb. But it it does look dumb if you're getting fucking <laughs> hammered in the game, you know. Yeah, like, and I and I think that's what it. That's why I think it looks dumb. Like it's not doing it. It's a superstition. 
Like, if you want to go out there and screw around and kind of have some fun, I'm all for that. But once it becomes uh, every single pitch, I have to bend over and put my arm up and get perfect. No, then then you just look like an idiot. Yeah, it's a, it seems a little extra and not necessarily necessary. So should we do um, the state of the bull penis on the Sun Ranto show? Oh, you know what? Since we're going to the bullpen, and I just remembered, I, I did want to do a shout-out to Alec Mills. All right, go ahead. Shout him out. No, that was it. Shout-out to Alec Mills. Yeah, what Great up? start. What up, Millsy? 4.2. Uh, again, Captain Hook came out for some odd reason. He walked one guy. <laughs> but Yeah, that's the two-to-one loss. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, you got to look at this game. Phelps is the one that gave up the two runs in this game. Obviously the Cubs, you know, when you go one for nine and runners in scoring position, uh, you know, that's not going to get it done. Um, you, le- that- you leave your bullpen, no margin for error. Yeah. When you look, when you look at the bullpen though, in September, for the most part, I don't have the most updated, but you know, obviously this weekend threw that off a little bit, but they had a 2.32 ERA in September, best in MLB. Yeah, no, they've been actually pretty good. It's just that when the you know the bats die, except for against Pittsburgh that one weekend, and that that was it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean Phelps gives up two runs. Hey, your bullpen, if they're asked to give give you five innings, you know there's a likelihood they'll give up one, two runs, and that would be okay. I mean that'd be good. Three, four is when you're getting into that. It's it's not going well. But even on the in the uh, you know five to four loss. The bullpen only gave up one run, and that was Kimbrell's to Carpenter, and it took till the tenth to get it. Uh, I mean, other than that, Hendricks didn't even go deep in this game, really. You know, he no, gave up four runs. He wasn't great. Uh, when he got into the sixth, they they Captain Hook came, and then it was fine until Kimbrell. And then, if you look even in the Saturday game, it was Quintana that couldn't get out of the fourth inning, gives up five runs, and then Kyle Ryan gives up two, but he also pitches two innings. And so, so what you're saying is the state of the bullpen is good. They're good. They're pretty is, good, except for Kimbrell. News. It's fake news because everybody thinks they're bad, but in reality, it's they're one of the stronger parts of this team. Yeah, they they came through clutch down the stretch when that's when those starters and Danny alluded to it. They were not giving you any depth at all, and you were forced to go to your bullpen game after game for multiple innings and again it's not a big deal if you could score some runs but when you're asking a bullpen to hold a one run lead or keep a tie game for five innings that's a lot to ask yeah and obviously it was too much to ask because uh they just came up short on it and yeah i mean all their numbers the you know the cubs on paper are a better team offensively and pitching well maybe not pitching wise but they're at least neck and neck pitching wise with the cardinals but their offense uh you know, it, it, almost all their numbers are better. That's why you get the run differential you do with this team. But, you know, they, they, you got to find a way to win at least that, one of these games. And they just they blew them all. I mean, it, epic, epic meltdown. They need again. There's so much that you can just look at and, and there'll be plenty to break down. But it, it's. You know, when you get in those close games and you don't have the offense either or you have an inconsistent offense, little things make a big difference. And two things that I look back at the 2019 season and scratch my head on. Number one, they committed 108 errors. There's that 108 number again. 
108 years <laughs> yeah. to, oh, to, to lead MLB. And they were one of the uh, league leaders in uh, base running outs. They yeah. ran themselves out of a whole bunch of innings. They've committed a whole bunch of errors. You combine that with all the other issues, and, and that right there is just what kills you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Too many mistakes, and then they just all add up, cut by cut by cut. And um, I don't know. It, it, one thing I do want to tell you guys about is that um, – you know that great ninth inning rally where the Cubs tied it up in the game in the first game of the series. That was one of those pieces this weekend. That was an amazing rally. Everything seemed to be going the Cubs' way, and then they blew it. Yeah, but do you know why the rally happened? Because we sang, we got this argument going out in the left field bleachers that, you know, when Gary Pressley plays uh, Duke of Earl, we will talk about Gary Pressley a little bit because it was last yeah, we weekend. Have to. Yeah. But um, when Gary Pressley plays Duke of Earl, there's an argument because to me and to most people with ears, it's Duke of Earl. And there's one guy out there that's like, that's not Duke of Earl. <laughs> and we're like, it is. So we argue with him, but we're thinking that maybe he's just uh, trolling us to make uh, Bleacher Jeff mad because he gets really mad. <laughs> and so we ended up singing Duke of Earl to everything that Gary Pressey played in that ninth inning. So that was the Duke of Earl rally. But what happened was the moment – and now they had a man on third. They could have scored him. They could have won the game. They could have walked it off right there, then and there. I kind of had a bad feeling when they weren't able to do it. But what happened was – Gary Pressey actually played Duke of Earl, and the rally ended. Oh, man. Yeah, because we were doing, like, Duke of Earl, Duke of Earl, Duke of Earl, Duke, you know, and all those, like, you know, we were singing yeah. all so the wrong. To the tune that he was playing, we but sang, just the words Duke of Earl. Yeah, and we were driving everybody nuts. But, hey, it was working, and then people started singing it with us to the point where we were actually singing it um, yesterday, too, to try to get a rally going in the ninth didn't work yeah that didn't happen uh, that didn't happen so it, it was only magical that one time but uh you want to talk about gary pressy because um that was sad you know i mean he's been there since what 86 gary pressy has been there yeah for 33 years and he has never missed a game and he's just really one of those guys that you just he you just it was the soundtrack of our baseball lives if you went to a lot of cubs games yeah and i did and yeah. so, yeah. And, and if you're as old as we are and you were going to those Cubs games, it was an era before they would play pop music over the loudspeakers and stuff. The only music you heard at Wrigley was Gary Pressey. Until very recently, actually, you know. Yeah, like, only like the last five years, right? Something like that? I think so. I mean, before, I mean, anything before the video boards, I think, was pretty much Gary and, and the guys who I haven't seen around. You guys, you guys hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, the yeah. guys. Go ahead. No, I said the guys who we haven't seen around is the, you know, those, uh, that Dixieland band. The, the brass, the yeah, brass I, band, yeah. I just saw them recently and said the same thing. You just don't see them a lot anymore. Um, what I ended up seeing though with, with Pressy, yeah, before there was jumbotrons or DJs or anything, it was just Gary. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was good. It was still good. It was the way that we remember baseball is just something of a. It's just gone now, you know. And they still play some like some of that type of music at different places, but they don't actually have an organ player. 
No, some play, they do have an organ player at a lot of stadiums. I know they have yeah. one in Cincinnati, and they have they they usually employ one. But you know, some of them are just the canned. Everybody, clap your hands, clap, 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 oh, and all that. I, nothing, yeah. nothing drives me more nuts than that stupid stuff. Yeah, and uh, just FYI, because I was at the game, and after we lost, uh, Gary, his last song, My Way. Danny, you've gone to a lot of Cub conventions. I've been going for over 20 years now, and, and uh, you know, just when you got to hear Gary at the old Hilton and later on in the Sheridan, they moved him upstairs, but it was just this, just reminded you the sound of baseball and just those, you know, certain things that I'll always think about when, when you know, like when a foul ball rolls back off the roof, back onto the field. He goes, yeah, <laughs> all those little Gary things. Or uh, if somebody makes a great play to kind of bail somebody out and you'd play a little help for my friends, there's just so many Garyisms that you're just going to remember. And I mean, like I said, I hope whoever replaces him does a, does a great job. You know, he's been there since 1987, 33 years, you know, so he's been doing this since I was 10 years old. Yeah. And he, and he played in 2,679 consecutive games, but it was just so, so much fun to, you know, and he, he was a guy that like, if you ever took a picture, you know, if you ever wanted to take a picture, I mean, seriously, for 20 years, I think I got the same damn picture with Gary Pressey, you know, and he never complained, always very friendly about everything. And, uh, you know, he was proud of a lot of things, man. That, that He's like, he every did. time he sees you, okay, Crawley, I'll touch it. I can just take the picture. Oh, off God. So, uh, can I just touch so your you know. organ, Gary? Can I touch your organ? Same picture every year, Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you this, though, and I can't give too much away, but on uh, social media night, uh, they I don't know, you've been watching the Cubs' new YouTube channel. Um, oh, yeah, you're going to be on. Yeah, I'm going to be on that uh, little trivia, me versus Gary Pressy. So, uh, but but again, just a just a real nice guy, just a gentleman, just a guy that kind of always uh, really friendly about everything. I just always appreciated everything that he kind of did. He was very friendly with the fans. I can't think of another organ player that's more famous than Gary Pressy, to be honest. Like, I mean, this guy, he's got a bobblehead. Like, what organ players, uh, you know, get to that point? Well, I guess if you don't miss a game, like, if you do, like, nearly 3,000 games in a row and – keep the job for 33 years. I mean, Nancy Faust, I remember knowing who she was for the Blackhawks and White Sox. Yeah. 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 She was with the, the White Sox for years. Yeah. And I, and I met her too. Actually, I've been in her house cause my mother also plays the organ too bad. She's too old to get this job. That'd be awesome. If my mom was the, the new Gary Pressy. You can't play an organ, Danny? Come on. Nah, not really. I mean, that's really not my first instrument, you know. It's, I mean, I'm uh, sure I, I could I'm, sit I'm, I'm going to cut all. you right there, Danny, because I, I have heard you not only play an organ, but I've heard you play Gary Pressey's old organ at Club 400. Yeah, but I, I just don't think I'd be, a, like, a good improv. Like, what they really need is, like, a good improv person who understands the organ because there's so much that goes into it. You know, he's got these preset songs in there. When, like, you, you know when it comes out with, like, the samba beat and stuff, and he has things sequenced in there, and he's using both keyboards. Like, there is an art to playing the organ that, you know, the, the, for the pedals, I don't do those at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... You know, I can get around and make, you know, sing around the campfire. Not, not that you'd have an organ at your campfire, but, but, but you know what I mean. I can, I can you know, play Dan, the organ. Dan, he's just never had the feet for an organ. 
I'm just telling you. He's me got the gout. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Uh, I heard Danny, and he did uh, a nice set with the with the Lowry organ. It's a actual Gary Pressy organ that Stuart McVicker from Club 400 owns. And I think Danny and I also did a duet of the Beatles. I got a feeling. On yeah, everybody had a hard year. <laughs> everybody had a good time. Boy, it was was kind of a hard year. But if this is the worst year we ever have, you know, then we're kind of lucky because at least we had something to cheer about all year. But anyway, Gary Pressy, you know, thanks for the service. I can't, I'm sad. I was sad about it, you know, like it just, you know, it's, you know, you lose WGN, you lose Gary Pressy. You just, you got to, everything's going to be brand new next year and how uh, it's going to be on Marquee Network and everything. And, you know, it just, it really does feel like kind of, uh, you know, just another nail in the old fashioned Cubs coffin. But hey. You know, onward and upward, right? It, it, yeah, it really. I mean, I talked about this a little bit in the offseason last year. Uh, it's really starting to get a, a PK Ricketts feel, right? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit of the PK Ricketts. Hey, we're going to make a nice area around the ballpark. We're going to, you know, do all this stuff, but it's just, you know, we don't really care what's going on on the field. As long as Joe's no longer there. I I think the I think the ownership kind of set him up this year. I that, think there's been a battle back and forth that none of us will ever know about. Just Joe being like, you know, fuck you, I'm going to manage this how I want to, and the Ricketts being like, well, fine, do it with, uh, you know, Derek Descalso. <laughs> Derek. <laughs> Uh, hey guys, uh, remember the days when you were always ready to go? It's been a while for me, probably for you too. And if you want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, well, listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, full or empty stomach, and since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity <clears throat> arises. Now, if you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. And Blue Chew's prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package to so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we've got a special deal for Sunranto listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. All you have to do is pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code ARMCHAIR, and you try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Sunranto Show. You know, that's that's like you said, you know, what I mean, is if you're going to make this the based off what this season was based off of what Joe Madden's uh, if this is what you were going to base his next contract off of. How fair is that if you're not going to give him shit? You sat there at the end of 2018 and you said, look, our bullpen's bad. We need some speed on the base pass. We need diversity in our lineup. We need uh, we need a leadoff hitter. And like you said, Daniel Descalso and, and Brad Brock. Yeah, it w- it wasn't enough, and we all kind of knew that going in. We thought maybe they'd add. They did. Um, it, it, but you know, there's lots of reasons you could look at. You know, Hap not performing, and then spending the first half of the year. Of course, you lose Ben Zobrist. If you would have known before the season that Ben Zobrist wasn't going to be there, oh, well, you- that that was another 
storyline that we I've kind of forgotten about. What did Ian Happ do? Yeah, well, he sucked in spring uh, down in uh, AAA too for a while, you know, and then it, then he put it together and and yeah, but he was but down he, there way longer than anybody ever expected him to be down there. Yeah, well, especially because everything else was going so rotten, and you're like, yeah. well, just bring him <laughs> up, you know. <laughs> it's not like there weren't opportunities for him to come up. Yeah, I think, you know, again, they were working on certain aspects of his swing. His swing's always kind of been a really long swing, and he was susceptible to certain pitches. And they and I think a lot of times, I think, like, if you take a look at when Schwarber was sent down, he said, all right, tell me what I got to do to get back up, and I'm going to come back and do it. And he busted his ass, and, 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 and you saw it. And I think when Hap went down, A, there was a shock factor, which same with Schwarber, too. But, but I think that Hap did not take real well to – a being demoted and B being told what he should be fixing and kind of didn't go about it the right way. Yeah, and he's sucked for the last month as well. So I mean, he hasn't been in there. Well, he's twenty six games, fifty six right. at bats. They had him uh, pinch hit a lot, and uh, but two fourteen average, uh, two fifty on base percentage. So he's not walking, and then he's got the three home runs and fifty six at bats. But like, that's not good enough. That's a six sixty one OPS. That's not going to get you more playing time, you know. No, and and if what Crawley's saying is is right, it could be exactly that. Like he just didn't take to the coaching or want to be coached enough for them to ever think about bringing him back until they absolutely had to. Yeah, well, and and that's just it. You got the regression from certain players like that. Al Moore didn't show up this year. I mean, there's so much that happened. Um, although Hap did have that uh, home run in the nine to eight loss. I mean, all the heroics of that game just lost. You know, like, again, again, when we talk about these games, you can easily talk about these games in a way that at no point would you think the Cardinals. Just swept the Cubs. Swept the Cubs, yeah. I mean, that Tony Kemp homer after the strikeout. I oh, mean, yeah, he struck out. Like everything's going your way, you know? Like Everything's going. I was watching that. Just My mind was blown because I heard that Tony Kemp had hit a home run, and I did not see that game. We, so we, when we, I went back and saw what actually happened, I'm like, how the fuck did they not ride this wave all the way to the division? <laughs> the Tony Kemp game, it was going to go down in lore. In yeah. Cubs lore. It was set up for everything we needed. And I don't know if you guys follow the ghost of Harry Carey on Twitter, but there's just times where he just cracks me up because occasionally, right, right after he, they give that back up, he's always comes out with the good Lord hates the Cubs. It, 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 it truly felt that way. Yeah, it really did. All, all weekend, really. It just, you know, b- bad luck playing behind the Pythag. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's guys like, I mean, Nick Cassianos, you know, d- d- he was out there freaking giving it his all. Didn't he have two home runs in this one? No, Which, just the one. I thought he had one. Yeah, just the one. And, uh, you know, it, and it's funny because I went out there in game four. And on Sunday, I knew it was going to rain. I picked up a bleacher ticket for 20 bucks because prices had just crashed after the first three losses. And, and on top of it, rain. I mean, I saw $9 bleachers. I actually overpaid. <laughs> you know, I could have paid 15 with the fees. But anyway, we all get together for the big uh, bleacher smorgasbord. And it standing in line, I went down there at 11 o'clock and standing in line, it you know it really felt like I was showing up for a wake. Or a funeral, like we all knew that it was, you know, just the most unlikely thing that we that even with if we did win Game Four, that um, you know, we were going to make it uh, to the even the wild card at this point. It, you know, dug ourselves a hole, 
And so we have this big spread in the bleacher smorgasbord and everybody brought food and like taco dip and I brought a bunch of wings and, you know, we all ate together and had a good time and talked about the season and, you know, and so regardless of, you know, kind of how it all ended up, you know, I had a great season at Wrigley. I got to be on TV a bunch, you know, talking about the Cubs, you know, we've, you know, had a great year on this show. I feel like we, I, I don't think we missed any episodes, did we? Maybe one. Do you know, Michael? I know you've missed an episode or two, but <laughs> seems like we're missing. <laughs> it seems like we're missing this episode. <laughs> he must have gone to take a shit. No, Danny. You know, I, I mean, for those people that don't live in the area, the last home game is always kind of where you say goodbye to the people that you know that the, the, your Cub family that you know you're probably not going to see until the home opener. So, or maybe CubsCon, but it, it's one of those things. There's a family, when, when you go to as many games as guys like you and I do, there's a family aspect of you know who's around your area, the people around your area. You know the workers, the concession people. I know the beer vendor. Now the beer vendor's son is a beer vendor. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and, and that's how it is out there. I mean, I, I made a lot of new friends this year and solidified other relationships and, uh, you know, Overall, you know, I can't say that it was such a, you know, a bad time. Ultimately, it didn't end like any of us wanted to end, but, you know. How many times, Danny, have we sat through when, where we've seen a season end pretty much in May when yeah, you were out of it? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know. that, that's when I first started going to all, to all the games was 2013. So I sat through quite a few stinkers. And I would say we've been rewarded with some exciting baseball along the way. Uh, it's been frustrating. And, and I will say this. I broke a streak myself at the friendly confines on Sunday. And I don't know if it was the, the, the bleacher smorgasbord or just maybe. Or the, <laughs> I was or, just going to. I knew where you were going here. Or the, or the fact that I had. I, I kind of, you know, I was a little depressed about how everything was going. So I, I got drunk. I got, I'll admit it. I got really fucking drunk this weekend. Too drunk. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me you, you took a shit at one of the bathrooms. No, I did. On Sunday, <laughs> I had never taken a shit at Wrigley Field <laughs> in my entire life. Well, that's where I thought you were going. Then out of then you went left turn well, and you're I'm like, just, I got drunk. No, that's what I'm telling you why I took a shit at Wrigley. is because, uh, you know, I got too drunk and my stomach was, you know, churning and burning. Too drunk to hold it. Well, no, I was out there smoking a cigarette with uh my tie guy and i was like oh god <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> i ran in there like in the, the second or third inning i want to blame the smorgasbord but I, I will say this i had eaten a few shrimp that had been out in the sun so <laughs> you know before the rains came uh it was uh there was sun out there spoiling my shrimp now i can't speak as well to the uh to the toilets in the bleachers i just know you always did try to avoid taking a shit in the grandstand because oh, before they renovated the bathrooms, it don't, you almost felt like you were taking a shit in prison. Like it's kind of just like like there's like drains everywhere and like weird sounds, and you're just like, oh, there was no comfort in it. You couldn't enjoy it at all. No, but you didn't. Uh, now that they've actually re- renovated the bathrooms over in the grandstand back in uh, Crawley Landon, the 300, 400 section over on left field, yeah, you know, a I nice- got to. Re- I got a really nice Sloan bathroom now, and I can enjoy it more peacefully. Oh, yeah. It is oh, nice God. up there. No, I mean, honestly, it, 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 I think the best way to describe the old way was uh, is prison. Like You had to look in another man's eye 
while you pissed. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, and, and do they still have those ones? I haven't spent much time up there this year. Do they they're, still they're, have those? They have, no, there's, I don't, I'm trying to think. No, most of them now are really kind of higher and not facing the wall, or you're facing more of a wall now. Yeah. So not, it's, not, it's, it's I, I'm not sure about the one by the press box because I didn't go to it much this year because I literally now have a pisser. Right 30 behind seconds you. from my seat, right behind me. So I, I timed it. My quickest was 35 seconds. Boom, there, back, done. Yeah, so well, it's kind of great for me. <laughs> Crawley was actually pissing on the way there. <laughs> that's just he, impressive. He touched the door, and he's like, well, I'm done now. I'll say that's, that's actually impressive for a man in his 40s. Yeah, you know, yeah it, it was, is. like I said, actually up the stairs, right through, right back down. Boom. Nobody in my way. It was impressive. Well, speaking of pee, can, should we preview the pirates there's a couple of peas (laughs) i mean i don't really who cares i mean really i mean i wrote some shit down but who the fuck cares i mean it doesn't matter it doesn't matter nothing good can happen in in this like you can enjoy each game but as a microcosm of just the game like if you think about the overall they could sweep they the, the cubs could go the next six games sweep out the end of the year it won't matter it won't matter you would still need help from other teams yes you you need the brewers to go five and one i mean i mean one and five one and five this is the five yeah five one this goes back to michael's point earlier as an organization at this point you're now going to go away you know what i mean you're not on the road anymore is it time to start saying okay Baez, you're done. You're shut down. Absolutely. Rizzo, you're shut down. Yes. Kimbrell, you're shut down. Yes. Let's even go you Darvish. Oh, let's yeah. go you Darvish and yeah. just say, hey, you, thank you for everything, but uh, let's let's save those bullets for next year. At this point, do you just sit there and literally put the hangover lineup out there? Do you literally put Alec Mills and, and Tyler Chatwood starts and just say, fuck it, there's no point at well, this point? Well, yeah. I mean, come on. Do you, for the Brewers to go one and five is one of the most unlikely things in the, in the world. You know what I mean? And, and the Cubs would honestly have to go six and oh as they go one and five to pick up four games, if my math is correct. You got, yeah. the, the other thing you look at, and again, or five games it's, and it's win the, it. the, the odds are, what I say, 2%. Yeah. You have a better chance of Washington choking because they have – uh, five against the Phillies, and then they got three against uh, the Indians who are still in the hunt. Yeah. So you have a better shot at those guys really struggling. But again, when you got Corbin, Scherzer, and, and Strasburg, yeah, I mean, win what are the one. odds of that? Yeah, all they have to do is win one game. Right. You know, I mean, come on. So I, I totally agree. They should shut them down against the Pirates this week. I mean, it might be fun for guys. I mean, I... Throw Nick Castellanos out there. Who knows if he's going to be a Cub next year. But, like, well, let him try to get the doubles record against the Pirates. Like, it could right. really happen. No, if, if they're healthy, any, anybody healthy should play. It's the, the Baez's, the Rizzo's, the, you know. Brian. You Darvish well, has the, the tight forearm, forearm or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, anybody who's got anything like that should not be playing. Well, but, the, yeah, of course, Castellanos, I would like to see him get that record. That would be pretty cool. I don't know if you guys saw it on Twitter. I, I tweeted it out. My buddy, Richie Garcia, he sits by the Cubs um, sits by the Cubs dugout, and he took a picture, and you could tell that pretty much everybody is gone, and it's just Castellanos staring out into the center yeah, field. Yeah, I saw that photo, yeah. Yeah, that, that, I mean, he was – You got to get him. He brought some fun to this team that just looked like they weren't having any. Yeah. Well, speaking of fun, 
and guys making their last appearance there. Uh, Pedro Strope, I was listening to Cubs Talk podcast. Kelly Kroll said he did the same thing after the game. And you know what? Hey, Joe Madden makes a lot of weird things, and you know we don't like him or whatever. He's a player's manager, though. And honestly, it was kind of cool that Strope got to go finish out a game and be done. You know, he's, we know he's not coming back. Well, I and don't know. We were talking about that in the bleachers during the, the smorgasbord. He, he's, he's not coming back. There's, well, there's just no way. He well, doesn't have the I don't know. thing that he needs in order to come back. I like Strope. I, I think he catches on maybe somewhere, but I don't I don't think he's ever going to keep it going again. He, he's he hasn't been able to do it all year. I don't know. I, I, I just can't he, see since it. he hurt his hamstring running the bases. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and now it's been one hamstring or the other, and obviously you you saw the drop in velocity. Yeah, and uh, he he lost a lot of confidence in that fastball, and and now and guys were just teeing off on him. Yeah, it, it's been a long time. I, I I love Strope, but I don't think I mean the Cubs aren't bringing him back. I I can I I agree that that won't happen uh, probably, but he might come back on lesser of a deal. You know what I mean? Like a uh, couple million bucks, and you know I, I think I think he would give the Cubs a big discount to be a part of the bullpen. You know, maybe uh, you decrease his role. At this point, well, I mean, he's still. I mean, I, I really do feel like he's a he's a good pitcher. He's a smart pitcher. He's a veteran arm. Like you're right about the legs. Maybe they don't want to take a chance on that. But I mean, and maybe I'm just speaking with my heart that I what, don't want to see him on another team. What you're talking maybe about is possibly having him in for low leverage situations. Yeah, and and for less money, you know, because you know this is a new contract, and you'll probably have to take a pretty big haircut and make more right. like Brad Brock style money. You know what I mean? But I think that I think even. Strope knows. I think he knows the writing's on the wall. Yeah. He took some time. He soaked it in. He had a great career with the Cubs. Since, Underappreciated. Since 2014, he's had, you know, five amazing years. He's been one of the best relievers the Cubs have ever had. I think people will ultimately remember that once kind of the stink of this season gets off of it. But, yeah, I think he knows. I think he, he soaked it in. Yeah, and he might, you know, who knows, like this last week of the season kind of things to look at. And, you know, maybe they send him out there and kind of audition for a, a smaller contract and we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, maybe if maybe he starts to get that velocity up, maybe he, he is healing. Like, I agree that, you know, it's probably a bad chance to take. You know, he looks like he's out of steam. But, you know, you never know. Like, you know, I, I just, I'm just saying, like, they might, they might. I think the, I think the most fair thing is to let him go out and see what he can get on the open market. Yeah. I mean yeah. that that's the most fair thing to do. That's the right thing to do. Uh, whether he comes back or not, I think in the future, I think they do want Pedro in the organization. Just yeah. not. I think I think if he has any playing days, it'll probably be elsewhere though. Yeah. yeah. Re- regardless, don't you think that was kind of a cool move though? I mean, it really yeah. was going to be his last opportunity. It could have gone terribly. You know, it did. He got he got out of the rest of the game yeah, he struck out two and it, i mean he struck out he walked one but he did strike yeah. out two yeah so a guy who's probably shut down right yeah joe likes guys to end on a high note yeah it could be but it, it on the road you know i mean i I'm, think on the road it's not gonna yeah, matter and, and i'm saying like and you know it won't and, matter 
I agree. I just, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I'm the only one reading into it though, that he got that last opportunity. He could have gone to anybody. He went to the stroke to give him that shot at the end, the last game at Wrigley field. So like high note for his Cubs career kind of thing. And, and just like, right. let it be and, and include you, him in the list of guys you think that they should shut down like Javi and Rizzo. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think very, yeah. Victor Caratini at first base, you know, I mean, maybe even Wilson Contreras. I mean, you got to play somebody, you know, you can't, you know, <laughs> yeah. you can't have, you loop. gotta, you gotta play some, but they've, they've got expanded rosters. They can, you know, Nico Horner was sitting on his fucking couch. There's, there's kids, yeah, Nico you know, all will be around out there. that can come up. Yeah, Adbert, bring Adbert Alzale back yeah. up to pitch a few. How about Daniel Descalso? Make him earn a couple of those dollars. Yeah, or uh, Dwayne Underwood. You know, the, or, right. or, or or throw a couple of those like you know those young pitchers that you know. I guess there's a little bit more hope, and and we'll talk about this in the off season about maybe some of the pitchers that we could see. I think we saw the emergence of Rowan Wick this year. You know, he's gotten a chance to show his stuff and. You know, there are, are you know, like Alzali and uh, who's the guy? See, I, I don't really follow the Not, minor the leagues one, that much, The one but. thing I would tell you is they do pretty good with guys that have names like Wick and Weak. Both yeah. of those guys really came down clutch in the stretch, you know. Kyle Ryan had a really good run of oh, it. Braylon Marquez, you know. Right. I don't think you'll see him up, you know. Um, but, and this is more of a next year thing, but, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Just shut these shut some of the guys down let's get them next year and um and but anybody that wants to pad their stats can definitely do it against the pirates because they have the fourth worst pitching staff in the major league so like you can send them out there and if there's any chance to spoil it even a little bit for the cardinals like you know make them lose home field i think they already don't have home field right they got Dodgers. Yeah, they don't have home field, no. Yeah, so I, but I was hoping that maybe that we could beat the Cardinals a little bit for our good friend Eric Wheelo, uh, the the Brewers fan. I, although a lot of people hate him, uh, but <laughs> you know, but he was like, "Come on, as long as you're going to lose the season, will you at least like let the Milwaukee take the division?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, that'd be all right with that." I would much rather see Milwaukee win the division than St. Louis, you know. And I wish the Cubs could have taken one game just. To make that interesting. Yeah, I know. Well, I will give, uh, you know, we already talked about how many errors the Cubs have committed. Uh, Crawley, what was it, 108? Yep. Yeah. The Pirates have, uh, at least as far as what I wrote it down the other day, they have six more. So, like, it might be fun to go into Pittsburgh. I got two outside the Ivy shows on Tuesday and Thursday. And it might be fun to go in there and talk about a few blowouts, you know, lots of like big innings and, you know, let Nick Castellanos hit his, you know, 60th and 61st double and shit. But I do want to give you one huge stat that uh, Sun Ranta Show loves. Dude, the Dur 689 now. Was that what it was last week or was it 690? It, it, no, it was six eighty nine. Our last show. Yeah, they but suck. It was, yeah, the we we stinks. We stinks. What a regression. Oh my gosh the the twenty sixteen club was a historically good defensive team, and now bottom half, right? Bottom uh, right, third? The, right, yeah, eighteenth. Yeah. So oh. bottom half. Yeah. Bottom half. Yeah, bottom half. You yes. take a look. You bring that up real quick, Michael, and that's a big thing that people forget is how good they were defensively in 2016. Number one. Yep. 
Number the other one. thing I want to pick, the other thing that they were number one in that they are now in the far bottom of in the league is pitch framing. And you saw that on display big time with the Cardinals series. I hate Yadi Molina with every fiber of my being and his stupid neck tattoos. <laughs> but you saw him and people bitching about strike zones. I've heard, I heard Lennon JD. I heard Coomer. Yeah, Coomer. I heard everybody complaining about the strike zones. But here's what I'm going to tell you. You go back and you watch closely at Yachty stealing the strikes. And you take a look at how ham-fisted Contreras is. I like Willie. I'm not, I'm not going to you know, go on an anti-Willie rant or anything like that. But I'm, I, I said it at the beginning of the season. I, I brought it up at CubsCon in 2018. I, I have sat there and preached this whole concept of pitch framing. It is a huge vital part of the game and for whatever reason Wilson can do a lot of things he can run he can throw he can he can hit the ball he cannot receive to save his life yeah and 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 it was clearly just with that whole four games of watching Yachty and 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 Wilson catch it was clear as day that if you know I know you guys are gonna have plenty of time other shows of what's gonna happen but if anyone's asking for Crawley's advice I, I think Wilson I, I'm ready for a different catcher back yeah, there. I am too. I, I I think he's one of the guys that I would not that I would be shopping, and I think there's a lot of people that would maybe take you know an offensive catcher if that was a hole, and uh, if you and you know you could trade him still a couple, still a few years before he's um, a free agent, right? Right. And then the other one that you saw too a lot that I saw that was Yasmani Grandal over in Milwaukee. And, and you just saw the way that these guys received. And it just was, it just, it really hurt the Cubs. They just didn't, with, again, you're talking about all the little things, whether it's the base running or the errors or the framing pitches, all those things that add up that have you 19 and 27 in one run games. Yeah. Yep. You got to wait until uh, at least after winter meetings to think about that, though, because, you know, uh, Rob Manfred changes rules, puts up the, the pitch tracks as your actual arbiter of what's a strike and a ball. And then it doesn't matter what, what Wilson does and you keep him for his bat. Yeah, that's, that's true. But I don't, I think we're still a few years away from automated strike sounds. I think so too. I think if we had him right now, Wilson would, you know, probably be top, you know, well, it would top be, tier catcher. It would be because our he wouldn't have to frame. Yeah, you could put a freaking lawn chair back there and wouldn't matter. You know. Yeah, he's yeah. They 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 experimented this year at Single A. So with in the was it the Pacific Coast or the Atlantic Coast League? I think the Atlantic Coast League experimented with it, and you know it's going to take a little while to go. Tub, you know, they'll, they'll start implementing it up the scale with the minors once they feel that the technology is where it belongs. But I'm saying, pro, because it's not a big push. If baseball wanted to push it and invest in the technology, I think that it, it could move quicker. I don't think it's anything that they're pushing real quick. So, like, like I said, four or five years, and I just I can't watch four. There's, there was one pitch that the, uh, this one Twitter site from Milwaukee uh, put up there where the ball is literally on the corner, probably close to the left-handed batter's box, and Wilson just his arm going all the way over that left-handed batter's box it was a strike. It was called a ball, but it was just the way that he caught it and the way that the umpire saw it. Yeah, it looked like a ball. It looked yeah. like a ball, and I can't tell you how many times that Yachty would pull those low strikes up. He would, he would have his glove moving up perfectly, so it looked, by the time everything was done, that it was in the zone, 
but it was a couple inches when it crossed the plate lower. It was it made a huge deal this well, year. And he, it, it's it's kind of a, a beautiful thing how he times it too, because it's it's not like that thing where he catches it and then yanks it up. You yeah, know what I mean? That, that doesn't work. obvious to everyone. Yeah, everybody sees that as like, oh, look at him. But uh, but when Yachty does it, it's all in one smooth kind of motion. So he's like dancing with the re- with while receiving the ball. He's like dancing with the ball. And so it looks so natural. Um, and th- yeah, and so they'll be low on pitch tracks. And it was a lot of low strikes that I heard Coomer uh, complaining about during this well, uh, earlier and- in this uh, series. I think on Friday he was. And that was. That was what killed Hendricks's game uh, last year and this year. Those yeah. two different times where he went into the toilet for a little while because he could not get any calls on the lower part. He just wasn't because the the calls that Rossi and uh, Miggy Miggy were you know saving for him. Yeah, so many times, and I guess not so much Ross, but Miggy. Uh, both, both Ross and Miggy were two of the most elite framers in 2016, both of them. Yeah. yeah. So whoever he had out there, they were saving him. They were, they were getting him strikes. Yeah. And that was my argument prior to the last couple of seasons. If you look at the pitching staff, you don't have a lot of guys throwing gas, you know, the, and the only one that does is still a guy that needs calls is, is Darvish because his stuff moves so much that if you catch it wrong, it's going to look like a ball. Which but is if you why- talk about Hamels, if you talk about Lester, if you talk about Quintana, if you look about Hendricks, none of those guys are throwing 98, 99 miles an hour, or 96, 97 even. That's true. And so you need to live on the edges. You need to get those calls. Wilson ain't getting you those calls. Yeah, which is why, by the way, I think Caratini has been catching Darvish exclusively. Absolutely. You know, because he's because he's better at it, and, and Joe Joe knows he needs it, so that's the guy in there. So he does need a personal catcher and. Um, well, let me just get into this because Bill Sugars did sing a song about the Cardinals sucking and he, um, he, he joined the scavenger hunt. So we've got a bunch of people now in for the last week. This is the last week of it. There's only two more. So I did want to give uh, a, uh, a, a one for this pirate series. Um, it was just talk like a pirate day. So video yourself talking about your disappointment in the Cubs season, but you got to talk like a pirate while you do it. <laughs> Armatey, <laughs> we freaking sicked. We walked the plank late in the year. Oh, you could do a video where you have a peg leg and you're wearing a Brizzo jersey. Yeah, pretty much. That'd be fitting. Um, and, of course, you could win the uh, white uh, Anthony Rizzo Tony Players Weekend t-shirt that was given away on, at Wrigley Field. And uh, ice cube trays. That's what I'll send you. Uh, the weather in Pittsburgh, we might get some rain on Thursday, but it'll be nice. Mid seventies to the mid fifties. It gets cold in the, in Pittsburgh this time of year. Um, all the games are at six o'clock. Uh, you got Hendricks versus Mitch Keller, who we kind of kicked his ass back in August. Um, outside the Ivies on after this one. Uh, would you say Hendricks is the guy they should sh- shut down? Yay or nay? Let I, him I pitch. say he pitch him. He's fine. He yeah. had some, he's had some time off earlier. Yeah. And then uh, John Lester, uh, he's going up against a guy I never heard of, and neither of any of the Cubs. Um, Dario. <laughs> well, that should work out well. Dario, yeah. Dario Agrazal. Right, now, let me try this. Dario Agrazal is how you I go. think you'd say That's it. Yeah. And he's a rookie, and no Cub has faced him, so we probably get no hit in this one, right? Sounds right. Yep. Um, John Lester, shut him down, right? 
Lester, I mean, I don't think. I mean, you might as well keep going. I don't see any problem. With let, let, number one, he's Lester gonna, wouldn't yeah. want to be shut down. And number two, I yeah, he's not in any sort of danger. He's probably got some like extra innings clause and stuff like that. You let him go. Yeah, uh, yeah, I suppose. But it would probably be smarter to let him stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, if you if you want to win games, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, because it's not like we're going to win with him on the mound. Might as well freaking put Alzali out there or Braylon Marquez, see what that kid's got. Although, wasn't he hurt recently? Marquez, I got to look all this stuff up. We, we got lots of offseason to see what we got back in the You depths. know what? From now on, anytime we just wonder if somebody's hurt, let's just assume they twisted their ankle. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that they'll be out there tomorrow. Um, so, uh, and game, and, yes, they twisted their ankle and tomorrow they'll be throwing off a of flat ground. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over here at mybookie.ag where Kyle Hendricks tonight is going to face Mitch Keller of the pirates in Pittsburgh. And, uh, wouldn't you know it? There is an under of eight and a half at plus 100. I mean, if you think you could even make money at plus one. Here's your bet. Over under is eight and a half. You gotta know after the Cubs scored 50 runs against the Pirates that they're gonna come out swinging. The pressure's off. They're not gonna win the division. They're probably not gonna be in the wild card. So I think they're coming out swinging. You gotta take the over on this one. It's at minus 120. Go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code chair and they'll double your first deposit. And uh, that's your bet for tonight. Over. Over. Take the over. MyBookie.ag. So in game three, it's uh, Tittles Baron Dingleberry, which I assume is what TBD means. And um, maybe this is your Elzelai game or your Alec Mills game or something like that. They won't throw Hamels out there. Yeah, no, Tittles no Bar- Baron Dingleberry was uh, great in the PCL this year. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and it, it, didn't he start in the Atlantic League and that automated strike zone really helped him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and he's, we're going up against Joe Musgrove in this one. And uh, the Cubs actually haven't been good against Joe Musgrove. I know he's caused a lot of frustration. He's one of those kind of mediocre pitchers that we couldn't get to this year. Um, and we only got four runs in 16.2 innings. Not, not great over three games. So he went seven in one of those games too. So it's all, uh, I don't know. Who cares, right? Hey, you, you got to finish the games, and hmm. that's about it. I'm gonna, I'm, I'll be watching. I don't know. You guys be watching? I'll be watching. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely watch some games. I mean, there's nothing else on TV, honestly. I just, the game's just always on. It's just, it's like a, a security blanket here. Len and JD just discussing the stuff. I enjoy, you know, hearing them talk. I like to still watch the games, even well. though. But like I said, it'll be actually less stressful from here on out. Well, I'm definitely going to watch all of the games because that's what Danny pays me for. I, I, don't, I don't pay you, Cubs Shredamas. Sure you do. In love and affection. And uh, you're cooking me dinner tonight, right? Is that why you have that rash now, Danny? Uh, uh, Danny uh, left. Oh. He, he left the room. Uh, he started to vomit, and he just he just <laughs> left. Hope he's Must okay. be that warm shrimp again. Comes to yeah, the it's the warm shrimp coming back. Yeah. yeah, I heard about that. I was going to make it to that game, but uh, I'm actually allergic to seafood. Can't be around it. So, um, 
So anyway, I got a poem for you guys. I know you're a little disappointed now, but uh, you know, only a couple more poems to go and then uh, season over. The cubbies are playing like turds. They were overtaken by cheese curds. The season is finished as the Cubs try to win this last series against the Redbirds. Cubs Shadamas. Wow, that was a bit of a stretch there at the end there. Yeah, Cubs Shadamas, that, that was a worse poem than the shit I just had to run and take. Uh, based uh, When I smelled you, it just like got my stomach gurgling. You know what I mean? Uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, you know, I got to go down to the theater soon, so why don't you just uh, amscray, you know what I mean, Cubs Shadamas? Uh, we'll, see you, we'll see you next uh, next show, okay? Sounds good, Danny. Great to see you. Thanks for all the love and affection. Come Shradamas Thank God that's over. Uh, who's got some TFCs? Uh, I'm, just, I'm looking right now. I tried to look right. I totally forgot until right before the show, and I've been trying to look. There's, there's not much. I mean, everything is just depressing. What I would tell you really quick that I kind of enjoyed... Um, and I want to give a shout out to this guy, Cubs beat writer, uh, Bruce Miles. Uh, if you know Bruce, he, he's just really a really good guy, beat writer for the Daily Herald. I mean, I've been, you know, reading him, reading his Cubs thoughts for years. And when you talk about Bruce, he's just a stand up guy. He just, he doesn't, he's not arrogant. He's friendly to everybody that you ever meet, whether you're a blogger, whether you're a social media guy, whether you're a beat writer, beat writer. He doesn't treat anybody like, below him and he's always been really friendly uh he's retiring uh he's semi-retiring i want to say uh but he's not going to be on the beat anymore after what i think over 20 22 years he's been on the beat and wow. uh he he had uh something that he he just kind of had a i'm retiring so f it i'm just gonna say it moment uh when chris bryant was running his ass off down the base he slipped on the base and twisted his ankle bad he he ended up you know you had a bunch of these meatballs coming out saying uh Chris Bryant soft. And so Bruce Miles said, here we go again with the Bryant is soft narrative. You reach this level, you're not soft. And if you say someone is soft, would you say it to his or her face? Which, if you know Bruce, really isn't his style, but it was just kind of one of those, I'm retiring, so F it, I'm just going to say Well, I think, you know, I've gotten into it with Bruce on Twitter before. <laughs> and had and had arguments with him before, and I and I shouted him down. I think about something he said about Russell, maybe, because there's been a lot of beat writer takes on Russell that I didn't really enjoy too much, you know. And uh, anything, I, so I, I've I've had it in for Bruce a couple times, I think, you know. But you know, the guy, it's it's nice that you know I'm. When a guy has a career this long, you have to respect it, you know. And I've and uh, I'm I can be an asshole, but it's not. I think he's come out of his face a little bit the last couple of years. Might be maybe why he's retiring, you know, like Twitter being a toxic place, possibly, or his job being a little toxic. People right, get, like he, it may not be as much fun to go to the ball game anymore. Right. I mean, people yell at him. I mean, I'm sure. Have you met him, right, Crawley? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy in person. I've definitely gotten a little fucking keyboard warrior with him. As, and, I, and I have a little bit last few days, and I've kind of regret a lot of it, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I follow Bruce. I don't know too much. I don't With his takes on Addison Russell, I don't think he's had too much, say, compared to some of the other guys I know yeah, what we're going to oh, bring no, up. He's, he's not the worst of it. Like, uh, I got into it with a few people on, on Twitter – uh, including uh, Phil Rogers, 
and that's one of my TFC. I have a bunch. I probably won't share them all, but Phil Rogers I got into because he said, date the Cubs downfall to the day Addison, and he at Cubs to them. Date the at Cubs downfall to the day Addison Russell went on administrative leave and Javi Baez moved to shortstop. They've been a shell of what they were late in, in uh, 2015 late uh, through late 18. Really weird how little it can take to tip the scales. And I was like, and a lot of people jumped on it for that, including myself. And I was like, that is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Unless he meant it like that ruined the team for like that shit to go down. You know what? I, I don't know. And, and here's the thing with Phil is Phil has said so much stupid stuff over the year. You don't know what his intent was. Cause there was part of me that kind of like, not the fact that Javi moved to shortstop, but I, I clearly remember where I was when the news broke on Instagram about Russell. And for me, I always thought to myself too, like when you kind of start to trace, when did the total good feelings end? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the good times where all of a sudden you started to say like, well, wait, wait a sec. How, wait a sec. Why is this guy still on the team? Like all of a sudden that's where I thought that a lot of guys, Joe Madden included, Theo included, uh, Ricketts, all of a sudden lost a lot of credibility with a lot of fans was the handling of that whole situation from beginning to end. Yeah, and the racist so I, emails. It was the, 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 the hits kept coming. They kept coming, but to me, like, that's where all of a sudden when I first started to kind of really get that really negative vibe was that. Is that, the, that was the first thing. And trust me, there's been plenty of other things that come, have come after that. But I don't know why. All of a sudden, that to me kind of started like this, like, this, like, crack. Like, you know what I mean? Like a yeah. crack in the ice. It all of a sudden just starts splintering out of control. Yeah. I, well, now, and- now the, the fact that he mentioned, and you mentioned the quote, and when if he would have just said the day that Addison Russell went on administrative leave, I might have said okay. But why did he add when Javi moved? Yeah, to well, that's that's where he lost me, and I was just and 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 because he's been an apologist for Russell in the past, it you know. Well, and, and here's the right. here's the thing. I went real quick, and these are not you know the most perfect numbers in the world, but uh, fielding percentage, right at shortstop for Addison Russell, he has. Uh, well, Javi this year had a 973 fielding percentage. Addison Russell last year was 965. 2017, 969. Nice. 2016, he was at 975. <laughs> so I I don't think uh, Javi Baez going over there changed how that was working. And I think, like Danny said, because Phil Rogers has been an apologist most of the time, Everyone would just, A, was in a bad enough mood. They don't ever want to hear Phil, what he has to say. And B, it just, like I said, nobody knows the context of what he was trying to say. Yeah. The uh, the other one I have, I got another TFC real quick. Um, Because I said, if you are booing Kimbrell, you are not helping. Go root for another team. We don't need you. And uh, this guy, Mr. 64, or uh, what his Twitter handle is, is at 4776 seven five four lowercase B A B D nine four three two said to me was it's not he, little he league still has an egg and they haven't used eggs for years. It's it's not little league rocket boy. It's major league. Fans can boo they want. Of they want. Sorry. <laughs> And then I was like, eh, I said something back, and he's like, 
What's that got to do with maturity? Having an opinion is immature. Losing six in a row during the most critical time of the season. You want fans to say, don't worry, Craig, get them next time. Stick to crappy parodies, the guy said to me. And I said, dude, your Twitter handle is basically a bad Wi-Fi password. (laughs) And he goes, that's creative. (laughs) (laughs) That's creative. There you go. He's, He's like, you know what? As much as I hate this dude, eh, got to give it to him. Got to give it to him. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) And I got one more. And then I really have to wrap it up because I'm going to the company meeting tonight down at the theater, which should be fun. Um, I think they're going to tell me I need to clean the bathroom down there more or something. Right. Well, I'm going to actually watch a Bears game for the first time. Nice. Nice. I'm I'm looking looking forward to it. So this one is from Jose Orlando Mercado, our friend from Puerto Rico. and uh, he wrote on the Ranters page, Hey, Tom Ricketts, you entitled greedy silver spoon motherfucker. Take a good look at the infield right now. See how the fucking Cardinals celebrate a sweep in a crucial September series that knocked the Cubs out of the playoffs and gave them a postseason berth? That's what happens when you cry poor in the middle of a contending window and don't do shit to improve your team when it had apparent holes. Hmm. There's a TFC for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he went off. That was a nice rant. Yeah. So thanks for listening, everybody. It's nice to have this conversation with you, Michael, and you, Crawley. Um, I do have a voicemail from Dennis, our Cardinals fan friend. Oh, it is 36 geez. seconds long. So oh, I, you know what? I can probably handle 36 seconds. Yeah. I thought you were going to say like 36 minutes. No, no. Like he was just he was just like drunk and wouldn't shut up. No, I'll, I'll play a song at the end of the show like I usually do. A nice one. Uh, maybe one to make you cry. So uh, I, let's listen. Let's just listen. Yeah, this here's a Cowboy Joe West. Oh, wait. Sorry. This say, is the wrong. <laughs> that seemed way more down. entertaining, Danny. Let's just leave Fuck. that one. Wait, no, no. Sorry. You got a minute at 18? Because that's what it is. Here we go. Danny, Danny, Danny. Holy shit. It's Dennis. Dude, you're not going to believe this, man. There's little fucking baby bears all over Chicago right now. Little baby bears running loose in Chicago, and they're looking for a home for October because it's getting cold, and they're hungry, (laughs) and they don't have anywhere to fucking stay. And it's nuts. Dude, you're not going to believe this. There's people fucking... Big dick, big swinging dick motherfuckers coming in from out of town, and they're killing these little baby bear cubs. With like <laughs> once every day, the last like five, six, seven days in a row. I don't know what it is, but once every day. And here's the fucked up part, dude. This is the really fucked up part: is that before they kill them, before they slit these little baby bear cubs' throats, they let them have hope. They build up hope <laughs> within them as if they're going to have a home. For October, this is going to be well-fed, and they're going to have this, this glory, something to celebrate. And then right, right when they think they're going to have something great, boom, fucking ripped away from them. Shot down dead. Stabbed. <laughs> kicked. Strangled. Murdered. Fucking dead. They're done. They're all, they're all fucking dead. Dude, it's the craziest thing. I cannot believe it's going on right now. <laughs> Everybody's freaking out. Unless you're a Cardinals fan, and we going to the motherfucking playoffs, bitch. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> there will never be a better description of this season. Yeah. Just bit and, just and that was that was bears. four years of pent up rage <laughs> yeah, from twenty fifteen yeah. all being exercised right there. 
Well, I'm sure we'll hear from Dennis on a future show. I'll I'll have him on soon. And uh, yeah. Uh, and might as well play that Joe West, Cowboy Joe West one, as long as we're at it. Yeah, this here's a Cowboy Joe West, and I'm calling to say fuck you guys for making fun of me falling down. Fuck you. Disappear <laughs> <laughs> for a I while. I totally quit forgot about Joe some West really falling nice down. man out in Aurora, Illinois, or that be injured list. I think that's Illinois. Offered me a chance to come hide out and stay in his basement for a while, rent. Free. Fuck you guys. I'm going to go disappear in Aurora. It's, so, it's, it's <laughs> Illinois. All right. Joe West is going to live with Bill Sugars, I guess. Wow. Uh, we, I missed that. That was from September 3rd. <laughs> um, yeah, I missed that one. So I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, hey, it's going to be a fun off season. Interesting anyway. So Spagog. <sighs> Spagog. If you are one of the 93 people who support the Sunranto show through patreon.com slash Sunranto and get early and ad-free listening with their own RSS feeds and show notes uh, and all the Cubs music, um, well then, thank you. You rock. I love you. You're supporting live Cubs podcasting. Well, we're live when we do it. But if you're not one of those people, won't you please consider becoming a Patreon subscriber? It only costs a dollar a month, and it really helps the show. One dollar is worth a 100 downloads with the stupid MyBookie ads and the stupid uh, Blue Chew ads and all that stuff. You know, you have, don't have time for that crap. Neither do I. So come on. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Be a supporter of Cubs podcasting music and all that we do. All right. Peace. Thanks for listening. My father and his father brought my baby boy to Wrigley Field for family generations. In the place where we come to be healed We've screamed a million cheers And cried a million tears But we'd come back together For another hundred years Hey Grandpa Let's win it all We will someday Remember Billy Williams Ron Santo Fergie and Ernie Banks Ryan Sandberg Andre Dawson Carrie Wood and Derek Lee We Cub fans give you thanks Baseball in Chicago From Merulo to Rizzo My great-grandpa in 45 Cheered on Andy Pafko 
Hey Grandpa, let's win it all We will someday Some cold October night We'll hold each other tight Weeping for the Cub fans Who've gone into the light Hey Grandpa Let's win it all We will someday My father and his father Brought my baby boy to Wrigley Field To teach him about the Cubbies And the family love that he will always and one amazing day When the Cubs go all the way We'll all be together Even if we passed away Hey Grandpa Let's win it all We will someday Grandpa, let's win it all, we will someday. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.